podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. A Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul Don Dykes, and on this Friday evening, I am delighted once again to be joined by Colin Watt. Friday night, Kingpin Colin Watt. Um, and you know, it's a, another massive weekend, Colin. Huge. Earlier on this morning, um, I met in Glasgow. This is a name drop, Claxon, within the first minute. Uh, Paul Lambert, who knows a thing or two about beating Rangers. And uh, we had a, a great wee chat, Paul and I. What's your memories of Paul Lambert? Obviously, that's the one of the first teams that I have memories of is the Martin O'Neill era team. Hmm. Um, the old debate, we were speaking about it last week, about um, whether Le- Lennon and Lambert could play in the same team. Um, he's For me, he was the Scotland captain. He was the Celtic captain. He was um, the man who put in probably one of his best European performances in the road to Seville against Stuttgart when we were without Henrik Larsson. Um, and I always knew he had won a Champions League winner's medal when I was mm. watching him. But it was only after he retired from the game and I got older and you were able to um, go back and look through history and things like YouTube became more readily available. You could actually go back and look at the career that he had and um, just like yourself, I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with him and have the chance to interview him. And to be fair, he's a, a really down-to-earth guy and he's had a fantastic career and he's one that absolutely deserves to be in the Scottish Hall of Fame. The thing is, he, he did have a fantastic career. Uh, looking through that, even though today's conversation was more or less based on where Celtic are now, the transformation under Ange Postecoglou, uh, you do look through the career, 17 years of age, he's a member of that St Mirren team that under Alex Smith wins the Scottish Cup, yep. proper underdogs. Uh, and in that team are players such as Frank McGarvey and Stevie Clark, Ian Ferguson, uh, Campbell Money, etc. And he, at that point, 
was a young player who did he stand out? Was he a star player for Saint Mirren and then Motherwell? I'm not so sure. I mean, he was a guy that I always rated when I saw him playing, Colin. But when he left Motherwell and he goes for his trials at PSV Eindhoven and Borussia Dortmund, I think there was an element of surprise when it was announced that he signed for Borussia Dortmund. Mm-hmm. He he went to uh, Germany and I think he maximised his ability and he maximised his career um, as a result of that. I mean, a man of the match performance in a Champions League final when he's playing up against uh, Zidane. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he done all right. Um, and then we manage to bring him back to, to Scotland. But he was saying today that he had a couple of opportunities prior to that to come to Celtic and he didn't he didn't want to come back to Scotland. Um so yeah, he was a he was a massive part of that Vim Jansen side. Uh what similarities have you seen between that season when we stopped the ten and this season? That's a good question. Um obviously both had very difficult starts to the season. Um both bringing in a sort of key influential player into the mix who could potentially go on to be a legend of the club. Um and a fan base who weren't aware necessarily of the talents of their manager, um, who then goes on to be loved throughout the Celtic faithful. Mm. And uh, all you can hope for is that in terms of the managerial situation, it doesn't go the way that it did after 97-98. And we, we managed to hold on to Ange Postacoglu um, very uh, dissimilarly to the way that Wim Jansen left the club. Uh, but that's a good um, comparison, actually. I hadn't thought of that beforehand. Um, speaking about Paul Lambert I think his story is one that should resonate along a lot of Scottish youngsters that are playing at the minute there's guys that are sort of I'd say towards the age of 21, 22, 23 who they look for where their next move should be Um, I'm talking guys like Lewis Ferguson, Calvin Ramsey Mm. um, players of that ilk who are sort of in and around the fringes of the Scotland team um, and are looking to make their next move. And it's, it's usually a move to Glasgow or it's a move down south. But Paul Lambert has shown that there was obviously the route to go into Europe. And one of the things I remember from the, the conversation I had with him was that between the trials at PSV and Dortmund, he had nothing else to come back to. There wasn't a contract sitting on the table from St Mirren. There wasn't this contract sitting on the table from Motherwell. He had no other options. And I think putting yourself in that difficult situation can bring out the best in you. Mm. It's always happened to the likes of guys like Ryan Gold when he's went to Portugal, put the kind of put his career on his shoulders and seen where it's taken him. I don't think that many Scottish youngsters take that opportunity, and I think that probably limits their potential development going forward. It is interesting to see some of the successes, uh, such as Aaron Hickey, mm-hmm. uh, Liam Henderson, and. I think you're right, even now, going over to the States, you know, I think it's a decent option. I, I keep mentioning the Lewis Morgan move and how that's worked out for him, Colin. Uh, and, you know, I look at Mikey Johnson and I think, is he a player that could thrive away from Scottish football? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, and, and, you know, we have a great discussion. It will be up on the channel over the next week or so. Uh, Paul Lambert talks about Ange Postecoglou, how impressed he's been this season and by whom. And um, we also talk about the uh, the youngsters moving 
from Scottish football to Germany and the concerns around that and whether or not anything can be done to, to stop that um, that talent leaving before they've even kicked the ball for their, uh, their parent club, as it were. Uh, we'll be trying to get as many of you involved in the chat tonight as possible. We are going to be running through our predicted 11 for Sunday. Will Colin and I agree... Doubt, I doubt Probably it, mate. Not. I doubt it. <laughs> right, Jungle Lion, there you are. It's a sneaky Friday night show. Colin and I are on every Friday night, uh, in actual fact. And when everything gets back to proper normal, whatever that is, uh, at your work and all that kind of stuff, maybe your appearance will be on a Friday night, but we'll work all that out nearer the mm-hmm. time. Uh, Jungle Lion, here we go, having a few beers out the back, just trying to make Colin and I jealous in the Celtic shed. If you've never seen it, check Jungle Lion out on Twitter. Uh, there's some great videos of that Celtic shed and at some point I think we need to go over to Ireland call and do a live show from the Celtic shed um, so, uh, definitely on a Friday of a bank holiday weekend potentially a league title in the waiting love it um, Fugees Tonner see your name popping up on a Friday night good evening to us both boys and girls yeah get involved in the chat sometimes it's the best part of the show watching how the conversations go uh, big shout out to Scott Howe as well and we've got Pete Rob, Peter Rob rather good evening boys can't make the game on Sunday but we'll be travelling over from the north of Ireland for hopefully the title winning party next, next weekend uh, Snoop Dogg's coming over in August and he wants to celebrate as well uh, what do you make of that, Colin? Snoop Dogg. I mean, I've been a fan since. Seriously, I've been a Snoop Dogg fan. You you know this, don't you? I do know this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been I was surprised Dogg. a few people, but I've heard this before. Yeah. Yeah, I've been a Snoop Dogg fan since the early nineties. Um, at the time, what actually happened was there was there was a number of albums that came out that I thought were absolutely off the scale. Um, and they weren't your traditional guitar bands. You know, I was maybe waiting after the Roses for Oasis to come along and a few albums come come out. Uh, you're talking Dr. Dre, The Chronic, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, Nas, Elmatic, and it's from that album that we got the term State of Mind, an NY State of Mind. We changed it to a Celtic State of Mind. So I've always been a big fan of Snoop and um, I love the fact that he's kind of adopted Celtic as his favourite football club. What do you make of that? I think when you look at Snoop, he's someone who just loves sport as well, which you wouldn't come across if you just looked at him. Wasn't um, his son a football player? An American, an American football player. Yeah. yeah, American football player, yeah. He's got um, cousins who are involved in professional wrestling. Uh, I think he's got a couple of cousins that are in uh, basketball as well. So big family Snoop has. Um, but yeah, it's great when you see these celebrities that um, actually take the time to appreciate Celtic worldwide. It's not just one of those ones where the, you see them occasionally in a Celtic t-shirt or they, they work on a set with someone like Gianni Capaldi and they've been given a Celtic top, um, as Gianni told us um, when we interviewed them way back during the pandemic. Um, but there is actual proper celebrities out there who appreciate what Celtic Football Club is and are happy to represent them. And Snoop's actually one, which is it's good to see, although... Um, I think we'll have to maybe bend a couple of rules if he comes over because uh, he's fo- he's fond of the green. Let's put it that way, and it's not just always <laughs> the green of Celtic. <laughs> Good point. Uh, if you've ever seen us driving about, I've got a big, massive uh, sticker on the front of my motor, and it's Gil Scott Heron, who you will know was the son of Gilbert Heron, who played for Celtic in the nineteen fifties. Uh, jazz poet. Gil Scott Heron was a massive influence in the early 90s hip-hop scene. And he's actually, he's sampled in Warren G's 
um, debut album, Warren G was in a band with Snoop Dogg before Snoop released his solo uh, LP. And he is, of course, the cousin of Dr. Dre. So it all comes back to Celtic, right? That's all I'm saying. Uh, now, I don't know if Snoop knows that link. If I ever get the chance to meet him, I will definitely uh, run it by him. Talking of which, we do a lot of kind of music interviews, sessions. We've just had a band leaving the uh, studio there just now. And the latest one, I say it's the latest one, I had this tape for 13 years. It's now on the channel. It's going to go out after this broadcast. And it's Bonehead from Oasis, one of my favourite bands of all time, Colin. And it's an interview I did with him. 13 years ago um, and I just heard over the last few days that he's mm -hmm. been diagnosed with uh, tonsil cancer so all the best to Bonehead hopefully uh, you've got it early enough and you can have a clean bill of health soon enough we're going to run through as many comments as possible we're going to be looking at predicted 11s for Sunday that's going to keep us busy Alan McMurkey hello guys uh, welcome to the show if you're watching on YouTube as Monty is um, and also Sean Ross make sure that you subscribe and there is a good comment a question coming through from Monty um, how come subscribers don't get alerts when a show is on correct me if I'm wrong Colin you can hit the notifications bell and you will get an alert you should sometimes YouTube plays up so just always be aware guys that will be on here 6 o'clock on a Friday night tell your pals tell the chat every single show let them know the best time to come on is Friday at 6 o'clock we're also on at 12.30 every day ah. and, and for every game. But you're right, and um, that, that it would be brilliant, Monty. It would be great if there was an option for us to switch on that alerted automatically everybody to subscribe because, you know, everybody would um, be able to join us on a Friday night. Ian McMonagall, welcome to the show. You are commenting on Facebook. Isn't it brilliant that Ange can choose his first 11 on this game that can virtually win the title? I love it. Hail, hail. Absolutely, yeah, we've been saying it all season, you know, there's been times where he's been operating Colin and it felt like he had one arm tied behind his back. The player that I do have concerns about, Beaton, has it been confirmed exactly? What's wrong with near Beaton? Nothing, nothing, no, I'm not seeing it at all. So, it'll be interesting to see, I mean, it, it would be a good option to have someone like near Beaton to come on, I do think it was um, probably to our detriment that we didn't have someone like that. Um, playing or having himself available for the semi-final, especially at 1-0, someone that can come on, slow the game down, put the game into our favour. Um, so it would be good to have an option like that coming off the bench because we've not really got anyone like that. James McCarthy should be playing a similar role, but I don't think he offers the same as what Beaton has done this season. No, that's true. And again, I know you've been a fan of Beaton for a long time. I was hoping that McCarthy's move worked out. I really, really was. I don't think it has. I don't think he's been an unmitigated disaster. But he certainly had a run of games, Colin, that you might have expected at some stage this season. Um, Patrick James Simpson, good evening, guys. Great to see you again. And you, Patrick, thank you for joining us. And we also have, where are we? Scott Howe. Big hoop dog for shizzles, manizzles. Yeah, somebody done a brilliant bit of artwork, actually. It was um, Snoop Dogg wearing one of our shamrock tracksuit tops, which can be purchased on Axon.net. And it said, you better ax somebody, which was absolute genius, right? Because it is a lyric from one of his songs and various other hip-hop artists' songs. And he's name-dropped Axon. So I love that. Maybe put it on a T-shirt at some point as well. <laughs> Let's start talking then about the uh, the lineup, and there are various positions I think 
although we don't have that insight, I think that are more or less guaranteed. And we'll start off, obviously, not only with who you would select, but we'll have a look back on the season that uh, some of these players has, uh, have had as well. So we have um, in goals, absolutely no doubt about it, massive, massive reason for a success this season, Colin, um, in Joe Hart. Think back to when we signed them. What was your initial thought? What was your reaction when we signed Joe Hart? I've got to, I was quite happy to get someone of Joe Hart's calibre into the club. I know a lot of people said that um, he wasn't an Ange signing. And you could see that at the time as well. He wasn't someone who was comfortable with the ball at his feet. But he, he did have that experience. And I think that was something that was missing. And he, for me, it was a no-brainer, especially at the fee that we were paying for him to get him in, get him over the line, um, and actually add something. Because I remember going to the pre-season games, um, especially the West Ham game at home, and just watching the position in a bar cast and how uncomfortable he looked, and I'm thinking, we can't do another season of this. So as soon as it was confirmed that Joe Hart would be making the move to Celtic Park, I thought, that's the great move, that's what we need. I didn't know if we were going to bring another goalkeeper in. It did look at the time that we were looking at someone, so um, it could have always been that Joe Hart would have been the backup this season, but, I mean, what a backup to have. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty happy. Value for money... And it was adding some much-needed experience to that team. He's one of those players, and there's been a few that uh, cost one million to one and a half million quid, uh, and it's been a sensational buy. I, I don't like seriously. I don't like criticising Celtic players. I really don't, Colin. But when you are comment on on every performance, every kick of the ball, every individual, there are going to be occasions where you say, "I don't think he should play." be playing, I think this individual should be um, released or, or sold or loaned out. That's just the nature of the game uh, that we are talking about here. And, you know, you've mentioned the game there, the West Ham match, 6-2 it was, eh? I mean, yeah. the absolute trouncers, right? And Barkas, not only was he really poor, it was almost as if he, he had checked out. It was almost yeah. as if he had checked out as a Celtic player. And he's in a situation at that point where it couldn't get much better for him, right? So there's a change in management. So it's a fresh start for everybody. And some of the players that we're going to be talking about tonight have taken that opportunity and absolutely maximised it, a la Tony Ralston. Not only that, right, but Ange Postacoglu is Greek. Now, that doesn't automatically mean that any Greek player in that squad is going to, you know, all of a sudden become a good player. But people always go on about, you know, the Tommy Rogic effect and the fact that Ange Postecoglou managed them for Australia, etc. Absolutely. But, I mean, there's there's a real common ground between Ange Postecoglou and Vasilis Barkas. And I kind of thought to myself, if the guy's ever going to make it at Celtic, the time is now for him. He's going to have a manager who can tap into um, his heritage, for example, and, and hopefully be able to, to build his confidence. And it looked as though... And I don't know if this was through choice or through the fact that we didn't have a goalkeeper in yet. It looked as though he was going to run with Barkas. I mean, he plays he plays in the first um, the first game against Midtjylland mm-hmm. uh, before a decision's made that perhaps he wasn't he wasn't good enough. And throughout last season and this season, he has played another game, hasn't he? He played against St Johnston. Am I right? He did play around about December time. Barkas. I'm sure he yeah, did. He did. He, did. he, yeah, he, he did, played yeah. a game. And I'm starting to wonder, as I said before, I don't like 
completely criticising players. But I was a massive fanzine fan back in the 80s and the 90s, right? And there was a feature in the Not The View. And, it, and you know, was it politically correct? I don't know. They embarrassed the hoops, it was called, right? And it used to go through players from the past who were basically rotten for Celtic. And I used to ask people this question if I was interviewing people that were fans for Axel, and it was just an audio platform. And some people didn't like answering it because they didn't want to disrespect the, the player. But I'm telling you, Barkas would appear in that. Mm-hmm. Marvin Comper would appear in that. These guys would be in that. Dirk Borita would be in that, you know, if it was still running. And and I'm wondering if Barkas, potentially because of the fee, is the worst goalkeeper of my lifetime. I mean, I've been watching Celtic since 1987, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in person, I've supported them my entire life, but I started going to the games in 87. And people go on, you know, there's almost this default setting where people say, Carol Muggleton. And I think, well, well, he had an unusual name. And, and he played for a very, very poor side at a very, very difficult time for the club. But he was nowhere near the worst goalkeeper I've seen playing for Celtic. Nowhere near it. Um, but I think Barkas is going to be up there by the time we shell him out and, and we, we move him on in the summer. Uh, what's your take on it, Colin? He's had an opportunity to turn it round. He hasn't taken it. We all kind of think we're going to move him on. Might not be permanent because of his wages, but he is definitely, for me, the worst goalkeeper in my Celtic supporting life. Yeah, it'd be hard to argue against that, to be perfectly honest. Um, it wasn't that it was absolute howlers that he was making. It wasn't like a, a Loris Carius against Real Madrid where he throws the ball to somebody's feet, which Craig Gordon also did for us as well. Um, it wasn't as if the ball was going through his legs or he just... I, it was almost as if it was 90% of him and then that extra 10% that you need to be a really good goalkeeper just wasn't there. Like, he would stretch for a ball and you're thinking, either your positioning's wrong or you're not throwing yourself at that. Because another goalkeeper would have got it. I'm thinking back to the first Glasgow derby um, of the season that passed last year and the goals that went in, his positioning, Mm -hmm. it didn't really, it didn't feel as if... You couldn't organise the defence. Yeah, that as well, yeah. And for me, there was times when he made some fantastic saves and he showed um, what he was capable of. And we've all seen it when he was the AEK goalkeeper when they came here to Celtic Park um, a couple of seasons ago. But it was almost as if it was just that lack of confidence to say, I actually can't reach that. I'm actually not good enough to save that ball. And you just wonder where that came from. It's almost as if maybe someone got in his head throughout the whole season and just says, you're not good enough to be here. Whereas someone like Joe Hart has shown that in the exact same position, the mental toughness that you need to be a goalkeeper because you can go 60, 70 minutes without touching the ball properly. You maybe take the odd goal kick here or there, but you'll not make a save. But you've got to be switched on as a goalkeeper. And Barkas couldn't do that. He couldn't be away from the ball for 20 minutes and then switch on to try and make a save. Whereas Joe Hart's able to do that. And it maybe just comes down to the kind of goalkeeper you are. I think you see it as well with the defence that is in front of you. If you're facing a lot of shots, then you're going to concede a lot of goals. So if you look at someone like Alan McGregor at Rangers, right? His last couple of seasons before he came back up to Scotland, he was conceding something like 70, 80, 90 goals a season because of the defence that was in front of him because of the teams that he was playing for. Now, when he comes up to Scotland, he's made to look a lot better than what he has been. 
and suddenly he's, he's this fantastic goalkeeper again. Truly good goalkeepers are, are goalkeepers like Craig Gordon, who managed to keep the goals against quite low for Hearts this season, despite facing, I think it's like the fourth or fifth highest amount of shots. Mm. And it's reasons like that why he'll get into the team of the year over someone like Joe Hart, who we at least know is a very good goalkeeper, but doesn't face as many shots as someone like that. So the, the position of the goalkeeper is actually one of the most difficult on the park for that reason. It's not just about being physically good at saving shots, it's been mentally capable enough to be able to kind of tune in and tune out of the game and make sure that when you're called upon, you're ready. Yeah, you you said there the mental strength you need to be a Celtic goalkeeper. I would extend that to say a Celtic player. I, I think in, in my time supporting Celtic, that I've seen plenty of guys that have performed elsewhere and they've come to Celtic and they can't handle the size of the club, the expectations, the, you know, the standards, maybe on a day-to-day basis, Colin, uh, you know, the demands of, of the fan base. Uh, and there's been loads of players like that who have thrived before or after or both, but their time at Celtic has not been a success. So mm-hmm. I, I reckon you're right, but I would extend it to, to most of the, the players. Um, I've got a really good message coming up from Stevie Kenny, uh, a couple actually. Uh, happening roasters, I don't know if that's just you and me that is getting called a Perry Roasters or or just in general. Um, I am mad with it. Long weekend on it. I'm getting too old for this. And your bestest ever mank band is slaughtering the dogs. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. And he also thinks that we're going to beat Rangers 4-1. The, the slaughtering the dogs, um, they're def- take that as definitely not the best mank band, but slaughtering Aye. the dogs, um, they are cited by people like Ian Brown. When Ian Brown's talking about bands that were you know, inspirational when he was getting into bands in the 1980s. So I'll take that, Stevie. Thanks for the input. Sean Ross comes in with uh, a couple of things. I think there's two positions. Um, have no idea. Turnbull for Hatate, sticking with the big Greek god up top. But almost immediately he's changed his mind and he's now going for Kyogo. <laughs> right, so we'll see because these are the things that we're going to have to um, discuss for sure. But Stevie does come in. Revolution will be televised. Well, the Gil Scott Heron badge I've got, it's the, obviously the Revolution will not be televised. And I, re- I read an interview with him where he was asked to explain what that means. And it's a state of mind. So there you go. Everything links back in, Colin. It's a state of mind. The Revolution's thought, a state of mind. I thought we many plugs after last week. That, that's about five already this week. That was you that did that, though. Ah, well. That was you. Um, and, and Stevie comes in you are prolific tonight Bonehead is a good red we do speak about Manchester United in the interview I mean like genuinely I had not heard or seen this interview for 13 years Colin so I was given a Panasonic handheld and it, and the disc was in it and we've managed to get it on I don't know how to do all that but Kelvin does and I'm looking back listening to it and he's talking about Roy Kane he's talking about the, the Irish mentality I won't waste it for you but great Great wee interview, you know, and uh, we really do wish him all the best. Monty does speak about Beaton. He has impressed this season. And he's one of the guys, I think, Colin, that would have been very useful to call upon between now and the end of the season. Um, Some have even mentioned the fact that he was a bit of a loss in the semi-final. Now, I'm going to go back, and this isn't to mock you, mate, because I've come away with some howlers, but I'm going to go back to an early Axom um, episode that you and I were on and it was when we used to record in the toll booth in Stirling and we did a we actually were waiting on a guest and the guest at the last minute couldn't arrive yeah. so we decided let's do a team of the decade right and in the team of the decade and this was how many years ago? 
three or four. Yeah. You had near Beaton in your team. Mm-hmm. Where are you now with Beaton after the season that he's had? Do you know, last year he sickened me with some of his performances because he was a bit of a liability to the team. This year he just seems to have found himself again. And for me, I think the big key to that is the fact that he's actually playing in his natural position. And we've spoke about this for years, about what near Beaton's natural position is. People have had arguments about well, he plays as a centre-half for his country, so he's a centre-half. But for me, he never had the stature or the build to be there. He was just someone who was reliable for the vast majority of the time. Yes, he had a mistake in him, but I think now he's found himself back in that central defensive midfield position. He is able to sort of slot back in there into the centre-half if required, but he's a very key role and he's a very key player within the team. And You've also got the fact that he's been here now, coming up for, what, 10 years? He's been here quite a long time. Beaton. Yeah, maybe yeah. Eight, eight, nine years now. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Beaton and Roderick. Within the next 12 months, both of them will have been at the club for a decade. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to talk testimonial territory for those two guys. Yeah, that, that's, that's the kind of thing. It's like you can't disqualify the amount of sort of harmony they can bring to a squad and how they can integrate players like um, Abada when he comes over. And you, you saw from um, Instagram posts that Beton's taking Abada under his wing. Um, in fact, I think Abada calls him his, his new da or something like that. Th- there was also a Twitter post where somebody met them in a service station. That was interesting. Uh, that was them coming back from the Liverpool-Man City game. Um, it's things like that. Having these guys in the team, they can explain to the, the new players what Celtic's all about. They can help them integrate into the squad a lot quicker, integrate into life in Glasgow a lot quicker as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the value of these players is um, even having them in and around the squad, it's very, very important. Right. Uh, I, on that note, I think it's a great point, Colin, that you raised, right? But on that note then, surely there's a value in having James Forrest at Celtic. Now, it was a it was a debate I think the other day. People and and Deadler today as well with, with Des and Tony and Jim, people were saying that that Forrest is finished. Now I have heard that time and time again about James Forrest, Colin, right? And I know he's not his best season, and he didn't have his best season last year either. But there's there's many reasons why you would have a player at Celtic. I don't expect him ever to play fifty games in a season ever again for Celtic. Maybe not even forty, right? But there's so much he brings to the table that you've actually just described as an asset for a player. I get that. I totally get that. However, we speak about the other players that is in that boat. So you're talking about Beaton and Rogic. They have been valuable contributors to this team this season. Hmm. With the amount of games that they've played and the contributions they've had. Like Tom Rogic's even up for player of the year. He was in um, the team of the year. Things like that. Forrest... <sighs> Yes, okay, people could say it's down to his injuries, but even when he hasn't been injured, I just don't think his impact's been there. And we spoke about this maybe a week or two ago. For me, I think Forrest has to adapt. And if he doesn't adapt, then he'd probably have to move on. Whether that be that he adapts himself into being a fullback, the way that Ashley Young did um, when he came towards the end of his career, and he moved from the sort of further forward position back to the wing back whether it be something like what James Milner did 
and move himself further into the park and play through the middle. I just don't think he's got that burst of pace anymore. And that was a lot of what James Forrest's game was. It wasn't a sort of Paddy Roberts player who had a bag of tricks. The same with Jota as well. Could he be a number 10? Hmm, I don't know. I don't think he's got the pace to be the front man. I don't think he could lead a line. But I'm wondering, could he be a number 10? I don't know. And part of his... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Part of the sort of criticisms of Forrest before was that his defensive work wasn't great, but I think that's something that he could work on. I think for me, his position's probably further back to add that experience in, or he has to play through the middle. Mm. Now, I wouldn't see him as a natural 10, but maybe linking up with someone, you've got that as well. You've also got him as an out ball, but his burst of pace was what made him so prolific at Celtic. It's what got him past players. It wasn't as if he was sort of nutmegging them and um, kind of sending them one way in stepovers and stuff like that. It was true, true pace. And over the last sort of 12 months, even last season as well, you could say that just wasn't there. Now, once that's gone, it's very difficult to get back, especially as he turns into the later half of his career. So mm. you've not got that. You're looking at guys like Niall McGinn, who had that true pace early on in his career, moved to Aberdeen, was able to do it, moved abroad, came back to Aberdeen, played a sort of different position as well. So you do have to adapt if you want to prolong your career, and especially with the injuries that he's had as well, it would make a lot of sense for him to do so. Yeah, we will see um, how that uh, transpires. Other players going into the last year of their contract, of course, Tommy Rogic, who you've mentioned, Chris Julien. It will be interesting to see which of those players, if any, we keep. I'm hoping that we keep two of them. Um, we have a message coming in from Yusarian or 3am here in Oz. Watch this space um, is all I'll say to that one. Uh, not that I'm going to change the time, but we might change the time of a broadcast. Fuji's Toner. I get an alert every day for Axel. Best part of the day, 12.30. Glad to hear that. Um, delighted to hear a bit of positivity. Uh, we get a lot of that as well. Anthony O'Hara and has just released another classic. I've not heard it. Is this the one about the European Cup? Yeah. Oh, I did, I did hear that. That was fantastic. Um, obviously, sick of getting asked about Rangers' performance in Europe. Um, Patrick James Simpson, do an Axom app so everyone gets alerts, could operate the shop on it as well. Patrick, fantastic idea. And in actual fact, two, two years ago, we did speak to someone about developing the app. Um, we got a wee bit busier elsewhere, but it's something that's on the whiteboard. So watch this space as well. Gary, Gary Melrose, woohoo, Axon, takeaway curry and a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Colin, 
I mean, look at us two. Uh, Daniel F, he said he was back training and will be back for Sunday. Are we talking about beat on? Beat on, yeah, beat on, yeah. Good addition. Thank you for joining us, Danielle. YouTube alerts do work, but sometimes they're 5, 10, 15 minutes late. And here's another one here. Somebody also said, all right, here we go. Brian, happy Friday, gentlemen. You deserve to be doing this show with a few beers. Now, Colin could get away with that because he's sitting in the comfort of his home. But I need to go home after this. And I've got a one-hour drive, so maybe not a good idea. I'm bad enough when I'm sober. Uh, McGrory... First can cracked open at 8 o'clock Sunday morning and head for the train station at 10. You enjoy yourself, sir. Um, so, yeah, we're under absolutely uh, no uh, illusions that number one has been Joe Hart. Absolutely fantastic. Defence lines up as Ralston and Taylor and Cameron Carter-Vickers and Starfelt, Colin. I don't think there's going to be any arguments with that. Uh, no. talk, talk to me about the, the, the defenders that I've just mentioned there. Um, the relationship that we've, we've, we've noticed within the central defensive areas, uh, also with Joe Hart, of course, and the inverted fullbacks, because um, I think a massive amount of credit has to go to the five guys we've mentioned already. Yeah, definitely. Um Especially someone like uh, Greg Taylor and the way that he has developed throughout this season. At the start of the season, we looked at the inverted fullbacks and there was a, the great picture that was posted, I think the game, one of the early European games, where both fullbacks were so far up the park, the centre-halves were up the park and it allowed the forwards to come through. And we were saying, if this is the inverted fullbacks, then this isn't what we want to play. But what we were then, what we've then seen is, it's a lot of players that are learning how to actually play that role for the first time. It's not something that they've played in their careers before. Mm-hmm. And now you notice that when one of the fullbacks is up the park, the other one's in covering. So you'll see that not nece- you'll see necessarily like, excuse me, um, if Taylor's up the park and Ralston will be in sort of the middle of the park area, so that if there is a break, it's not just the two centre-halves that are covering. Ralston can slot along any position of that back four, and we've seen it time and time again. Um, I think there was the one of the early European games where Ralston comes in and makes the great sliding tackle, um, and he's in the centre of the park. Now, you're showing that that is part of the inverted fullback f- formula, is that he'll find himself anywhere amongst there, and he'll find mm. himself in a comfortable position. And Greg Taylor's done the same this season. Um, so it did take a while for the team to get used to it, but they've definitely advanced from it. And for me, this has probably been Greg Taylor's best year in a Celtic jersey. And you just wonder if that is because we never ever seen him as that flying over the top, um, overlapping fullback. We always saw him as a sort of defensive-minded. His first thought was to pass it back the way because of this inverted fullbacks, because he can find himself further up the park, I think it actually suits him a lot more, and it suits him to be further in the field. And I'm not sure about his assists in that this season, but obviously he got the goal in the semi-final, and I think there's more to come from him in that position. Still looking for a left-back, though? I would still say so. I mean, let's be honest, nobody in that team's position should be 100% guaranteed for next season. There isn't anyone in that team that you're saying... That is a world-class player and we cannot replace them. For the right money, everyone's everyone's replaceable. Well, what I would say is that um, you do have a backbone, though. I, I think, and by the way, I think Carter Vickers is part of this. Absolutely. And, Mac- and McGregor. 
uh, and prior to his injury, Kyogo, and now he's coming back into the fitness, who were like undroppable week in, week out, Colin, uh, and they would be difficult. And it's pro, it's proven to be the case that they're difficult to replace. You know, when McGregor's injured, it's very difficult to replace him. Kyogo, yeah, Yakamakis came up to the fore, but he's a player that you want to be playing. On the left back, it's more of a case of um, I'm happy with, with the backup on the right hand side. I don't think we've got it on the left, um, but we shall see. I'm sure that there's a lot of scouting and there's a lot of recruitment already underway. We've not even started talking about all that kind of stuff. We'll leave that to the pre season. Uh, Gary Melrose, Yakamakis, the Greek god of chaos, for me for the first hour, then Kyogo and Abada to turn the screw. We will be talking about the midfield and the forwards as well. Brian also comes in. Joe Hart has been as valuable a leader as he has been a goalkeeper. He has saved us several yellow cards this season when others were losing their cool, including the likes of Juranovic. Remember at Dundee? Mm -hmm. uh, And Hart was the man that uh, got involved. I also think that we can't forget about his involvement at Ibrox with the glass with the bottles you know mm-hmm. it was him that spoke up he's refusing he's saying you know we're going to go up that tunnel unless you get it sorted out um, CH is watching in Japan welcome we have had a huge uh, increase in viewers in Japan and Australia and we'll be doing something a bit special for both those sets of fans as well let's move into the the uh, midfield area and uh, Spencer Warlock points out that it's imperative that Celtic win the midfield battle on Sunday. Was this one of the main issues at Hamden in the semi-final call? It was. It was just not being able to get a hold of the ball and actually keep it for a period of time and make them chase it down. Now, I don't know if you caught any of the the game they played last night, um, but watching that Leipzig team, it was one of the key factors to the, the fact that they actually won was it was the, the chasing down, the closing down, they tired them out. Obviously, it was a very, very good goal, but on another day, they could have scored a three or four. They were a very impressive team on the ball, and Celtic are able to do that as well. We've seen it against every team in Scotland this season that on our day, it is very difficult to get the ball off us. And when you do, we close you down, we tackle, we win the ball back, we recycle it, and we go again. And that's not what we did at the semi-final. We didn't close them down quick enough. We didn't get into the 50-50s. We let them think they were superstars by winning a 50-50. And the motivation was there for them to go on and win the game. They were more hungry for the performance. And at the end of the day, they got what they deserved. We didn't fight hard enough for that win. It's imperative that we cannot let that happen again on Sunday. We have to defend our home ground with a performance that deserves it. We can't just go out there and kind of let them dictate how the game's played. Mm. They've played 90 minutes chasing shadows last night. We have to put them into the ground by making them chase shadows once again. Blitz it from the first whistle, um, as we did at Celtic Park last time round, Colin. Ridiculizer, welcome to the show. You're watching on YouTube. Uh, good evening from Mallorca. I'm on the hoops. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the weather. I hope it's good weather out there. Um, it's not too bad here, to be fair. And we've also got Patrick James Simpson. Now, you know I love the retro. I love the fanzines, not the view. Always bought that. I subscribed to it every single season from issue number 12 or 13. 
I subscribed to Not The View. Then I bought all the back issues. People used to sell them in classified ads, Colin. And uh, the great Celtic fan base out there, often, if you wanted a specific issue, they would send you it free of charge. Uh, anybody out there who used to do that, thank you very much. I've got a full collection up to... I think number 80 or something like that. It definitely was my favourite. And as a wee boy, I used to send in cartoons, some of which were actually purchased. So dig them out. I'm in there. I definitely am in there. Um, Brown Warrior, I think Ange gives them enough game time to make his mind up. And if they aren't up to it, they soon get dropped. Sorrow, anyone? Ralston did the opposite and excelled. I think everybody had a clean slate under Ange Postecoglou, Colin. I think what Brown Warrior is saying here is right. Is there anybody who hasn't had a a crack at the whip? Bolly? McCarthy? No, Bolly. Well, I even him. I'm kidding. He did. He did. He, get, he, he tried a him a couple of, of times. And, and, and yeah. by the way, he, he certainly wasn't the worst player on the park in those two games that he played. McCarthy potentially, but then there was maybe a, a moment where he was going to get a run of games. Remember against um, mm-hmm. Dundee United and Fuchs... Took him gave, him, gave him a dull one yeah. yeah I thought at that moment he might have been getting a run of games um, and Yeti did get a sort of start, run he started off with goals. them yeah, he started off with them scored his first he scored the first goal in Angie's tenure in the friendly uh, scored in Europe was it away to Betis mm-hmm. he got the double against uh, Ross County at home as well mm. so I, I think he did but then again you know as, as Brown Warrior said there he's maybe not seen it at training either Mm. He's maybe not seen the intensity um, or or the attitude at training that he requires. Uh, so it is interesting. Now, that, not as interesting as this. Niall the Punk, favourite fanzine, not the view, or once a Tim. I'm going for not the view. Both of them were fantastic. And there were many more, by the way. Um, and there are, I mean, not the view still runs to this day, uh, as, as do a few others. But uh, favourite for me, not the view. Colin, before your time, I'm guessing. No, no, I've still got old episodes are not the view and some of the local news agents still sell some of the Celtic fanzines down here, so um, if I'm ever in, I'll pick one up. Yeah, absolutely. McGrory, Ian Andrews was at Ibrox for that horror show. Yeah, he was on the end of a 5-1 drubbing uh, that day, didn't recover well from it. And again, up there, he's up there, I've got to say, Jungle Lion. How scary is Angie's first season to Vim Janssen's? Yeah, there's similarities. Let's hope he doesn't jump ship. Now, the reason I'm bringing this one up is uh, I went to school with John Potter, who at that time was at Celtic, and the one and only game he ever played for the first team, Colin, um, he was he, he was taken to Lisbon. Celtic played uh, Sport in Lisbon twice as part of the George Cadet deal. Mm-hmm. And by the time we played the second game, Away, there was a game at Celtic Park. And there was a, a, a game away. Cadet had had long since left. He'd left mm-hmm. a year previously, uh, but John got taken along. He's in the dressing room when Vim Janssen comes in and announces to the squad Is that that's him done. Yeah. yeah, and we're talking days after we clinched the, the league title. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I've spoken to him about that. Absolutely shocking, uh, but. McGrory, Lennon blew millions on Dross that are still draining money from us while Ange spent peanuts for solid gold signings. Can't disagree with that. You look at the transfer fees for the likes of Hatate, O'Reilly, Hart, uh, Maeda and Idiguchi. It's an incredible set of signings, uh, all great value for money. So let's have a look at the midfield then because I do believe that there's maybe a question mark uh, on a couple of the players um, who's going to start. McGregor for me cast iron absolutely 100% player of the year 
Um, he's taken that captain's armband and he's been tremendous this season. Who plays alongside him, Colin, and who plays number 10? I think it's difficult to change a winning formula. We were really starting to get going against Ross County on Sunday. Um, and having that week off, I'd like to think we'd be able to get some more sort of rest in the legs um, and get everybody sort of up and firing for this game on Sunday. So I would be very reluctant to make that many changes from the team that played against Ross County. So for that, I would probably go with McGregor, with Hatati, And then it's between Rogic and O'Reilly. And we had this debate on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, I said Rogic. Having watched that game last night, I'm actually going to stick with Rogic. And I know that he didn't have the best performance in the semi-final, but... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He is someone who can keep the ball off them. And I think if they're chasing the ball and they're chasing him and they're bringing him down, it's only going to tire them out. And you've got a fantastic option on someone like O'Reilly who can come off the bench and can tire them out even further. They, they're obviously going through a lot of games at the minute um, because of their European run, and eventually it's going to come back and, and bite them. And I'd like to think that Sunday we'd, we'd be able to take that opportunity with 60,000 behind us that we go at it from minute one. I'm just trying to figure this out. David, let me know. Rest the hat, Paul. I'm not sure what that means. The hate, maybe? There's no hate, surely. Um, I don't know. Let me know what that means. Uh, Scott Howe, Bonehead's Bank Holiday. Tune, absolutely. You know the story. He was meant to be on lead vocals. It was the Ringo Starr kind of song that Oasis recorded. But him and Liam went to uh, the pub before the studio and they were too drunk to sing it. Um, so that was the story behind that there is a version I think where you can hear him trying to sing the vocals um, as well well for me then the midfield Callum McGregor um, I'm going to start with O'Reilly and I think that Tommy Rogic uh, has had his best season at Celtic He's deserving of his nomination, despite what some people on social media, some journalists on social media have said. Um, I think he's he's invaluable on the bench in this particular fixture. I think we need uh, we need O'Reilly's legs to start off with for sixty minutes, and then Hatati. I'm starting with Hatati for for two reasons. Firstly, Colin, I think that um, he's almost a go-to for criticism. In, in some in some areas, um, 
However, he does enough in terms of game-changing moments. He can make a killer pass. I get that he can make four or five slack ones in between two good passes, but he can make a killer pass that can change a game. And he's got that strike that we've seen not only against Rangers, we've seen it against St. Johnston um, and against Hearts. And I think that when you've got that, and I know people might say you're contradicting yourself, Paul, because Rogic has got that. Yeah, he has, but has he shown it in the last half a dozen games I'm not so sure so I'm going to go I'm going to stick with Hatate but my change is uh, O'Reilly starts for me mm-hmm. that, that's that's my take on it I think for me it's it's very much a toss of a coin O'Reilly's probably got more um, running in him than what Tom Rogic has Rogic adds that experience to the team as well and sometimes it's the experience you need when you look back at the um, semi-final I think one of the best players for them that day was Stephen Davis and I think it's his experience that guided him through that game. Mm. He wasn't necessarily the best player on the ball, but his experience and just knowing when to make the right tackle, knowing when to maybe bring someone down, just guiding the players through the game. And if I go back to the performance at Ibrox, when we went 1-0 down, for me it was guys like Cal McGregor and Tom Rogic who actually got on the ball and actually calmed everyone else down. And they two are pivotal for the, the sort of equalising goal. So I just think having that experience in these big games is is quite important. So I've kind of went with experience over maybe the the extra legs on O'Reilly. The extra legs, I think, uh, could prove vital in that midfield. There was a few there was a few moments in the semi final, Colin, where there was a whole area of the park that I felt was just a void, um, and then you've got a situation where McGregor's trying to fill that void, you know, and then. Then the issue is yeah. actually then just moving up the park, and it's actually allowing Rangers to to become a, a you know the, the transition from defence to attack becomes a lot easier for Rangers. But I think part of that problem in the semi final was the fact that we played Maeda through the middle. Mm. I think Maeda coming off the the sort of flanks is um, where you see the press working at its best. Mm-hmm. When he was playing through the middle, he didn't really know which one of the two centre halves to go to. He would chase one down, let the other get away with it. Whereas when he's sort of maybe closing down Tavernier or if he's closing down Barisic, he's closing them down right away and then he's forcing the rest to do it, whether it be uh, Giacomacchus up front or Kyogo. They are focusing on chasing down the centre-halves and it stops the ball from getting out. Whereas when they had that extra bit of time on the ball, they were able to pass through the Celtic front line and that's when we became a bit more exposed. So for me, it wasn't so much the fact of playing that midfield in the semi-final for me it was playing Maeda through the middle mm. I would have had someone else in there and then the knock-on effect of that Stephen Healy good chat boys from Sydney welcome thank you very much for tuning in um, I'm going to talk about this in a moment Scott biggest threat as a referee uh, absolutely going to chat about that and Gary Melrose Beaton is a defensive midfielder and a fine one I'd love to have seen us play higher there as a number 6 too heard a lot of people saying that last season actually before he mm. left um, it would have been interesting I don't know if that's going to happen at some point in his career let's have a chat about the ref we're always talking about referees in Scottish mm. football but you've got to haven't you um, there's maybe an argument to suggest that you know what after 90 minutes we drew one each with Rangers in the, in the semi-final um, we had a chance to win the game on another day it might have been it might have been a win um, but there was a couple of absolute horrific Challenges. I see a couple in that game that that were left uh, unchallenged by the referee. Do you have big concerns? We know uh, that the, the the referee in charge, um, you know, 
we've seen the pictures, right? Mm. We've seen the pictures in, in the in the pub. Um, does that worry you going into the game? And now I know, I know the quote that Jockstein said that if you're good enough, you don't have to worry about the referee. Referees can do things, and it's not always obvious moments of the game, Colin. It's letting away niggling fouls that eventually, you know, uh, nullify one of one of our best players. For example, I've seen a lot of that this season. A lot of concerning um, examples of that. For me, I think when it comes down to Scottish refereeing, there isn't a good one out there. There isn't one where you see his name and you go, do you know what, we're going to get a fair performance out of him. I think every single one of them's got their flaws and it's not just when you're watching them um, refereeing Celtic. I watched John Beaton refereeing uh, Kilmarnock versus Abroth. Was it last Friday we were talking about that game when mm-hmm. Kilmarnock won the, the championship? Mm-hmm. And some of the decisions he was making was absolutely horrendous. Um, other ones, Willie Collum, he was at Capolo a couple of weeks ago and ruled out a perfectly legitimate goal for Morton, which could have potentially seen them going down into the relegation places. For me, when you look at it, as much as we can say, well, maybe this referee favours this team or he favours that team, they're still terrible, terrible referees, regardless of what it is. Mm. You can't get an, a decision right, and that doesn't help the fact that people coming on here and saying, Bobby Madden's a Rangers fan. John Beaton's a Rangers fan. Such and such is a Rangers fan. Because as much as they try maybe not to to be like that, even if they do support these teams, and we can't say whether they do or not without having any sort of evidential proof. Obviously, you saw John Beaton in the, the Rangers pub. But the performances that they put on in the park doesn't help this agenda at all. There's not one time you've went this season and you've went, do you know what, that referee had a decent game. He let the game flow. He, he stopped it when he needed to stop it. But for me, the semi-final was all about Bobby Madden. And it was all about, this was his chance to showcase himself in a big game. And he took that opportunity to be the man of the game. You weren't talking about the players coming off the park, about how good they had. It was all about his performance. Mm. And whether he goes on to a podcast um, through the week and talks about it or puts his posts up on social media or whatever it is, it was all about Bobby Madden. It was a Bobby Madden show. Yeah, right. That's the, the wrong. Ref, the referees can't do that. A, a good referee is a referee that you don't see. Anonymous. You're spot on, Colin. Imagine being a ref in Scottish football. It wouldn't take you long to be the best in the game. You know, imagine you would absolutely thrive in Scottish football. Uh, Paul Boyle, for, I'm, I'm over the hill. I'm not going to go for it, Colin. Forrest ain't done yet. There you go. Paul Boyle, thank you for that because I agree. Been- Going back to the referees, you could have one of us to go and do a referee course, and if we were trained to the level that they are and how poorly they are, it wouldn't take very long for someone to come out and say he's probably a closet Rangers fan. That it doesn't help in how bad their performances are, and that doesn't help the narrative that a lot of people have got. No, it doesn't. Uh, Poshko Ross M. The fact that we're ha- actually speaking about the ref as a consideration is an issue. We shouldn't have to. The Friday Show Rules, thank you very much. I'm at work every day and watching the evening. A small mention for the Berwick CSC would be great. And yes, I met Amy at the Black and Gold when Berwick played Bonnie Rig. There you go. Big weekend for them, the Bonnie Rig. Mm-hmm. Getting into the second leg of the Highland Lowland League playoff. I think they're 3-1 up against uh, the Highland League side. So, 
Good luck to them times. at the weekend. Exciting times. A big shout out for your CSE, the, the Berwick Celtic Supporters Club. Um, let us know if you want us to come down and visit you at some point. We like that. That's how Colin and I met. I went to Greenock. Uh, Colin, you came up. We had a wee chat, stayed in touch, went from there. Mm-hmm. That was years ago as well. And that was we the, the Lisbon anniversary, 50th anniversary of Lisbon. Oh, so it was. Bertie was here that night. It was a CQN that had organised the night, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great. I'd been in Lisbon the Monday through to the Friday. We'd only landed back in Glasgow about half seven. And I think the event started about half seven. So I was very, very jet-lagged coming over to, to meet you. Yeah, you were slavering a bit that night. But, but, <laughs> that, know, that was the that was <laughs> layover in uh, London that helped with that, to be fair. Aye, but that night, interesting enough, I picked up the first equipment I ever used for episode one of Axon that night. In the Greenock, I actually met the guy and got the gear. Right. That sounds terrible. I met someone who sold me <laughs> when you equipment. Meet the guy in to get the gear, that's <laughs> probably got a different story. I shouldn't have said that. Right, uh, let's have a wee chat then about the front three. Because again, there's going to be a lot of permutations, I think. A lot of suggestions. Tell me your front three and why, Colin. I would go with Jota. Maeda and Giacomacchus and the reason I'm going with that is I just think Giacomacchus will stretch that Rangers defence a bit more and having Kyogo to come off the bench as an option um, is probably more beneficial in a game like this I think when you look at Giacomacchus' previous performances against Rangers this season he's always been someone who leads the line very well, he gets in their faces and he can cause them a lot of trouble, which leaves a lot of space in behind for guys like Jota, Maeda, um, Hatate, Rogic to come in and fill that gap and to get the, the shots off. Um, with Balogun being suspended, I'd imagine that Rangers would go with um, Barisic, sorry, Barisic at left-back, Calvin Bassey moving into centre-half. Uh, and I think for the big physical tussle, then it has to be Giacomacchus to lead the line. I think Kyogo could <laughs> he could be a target if it is just the, the likes of um, Bassey and uh, Goldson that would be at centre-half for Rangers. As much as he would try and get in behind, he's got that pace. Bassey's got that pace as well. To be fair to the boy, he is an athlete. Um, so I think Giacomacchus leading the line, being strong, holding it up, is pivotal for um, our success on Sunday. I think in many ways, Colin, um, it's the most difficult part of the the team to actually select. And I want to hear other people's views in the comments section. There's only a couple of minutes left tonight. But um, I think that Ange is going to go for Kyogo to start. And I think he is going to be looking at that 60-minute swap, um, that change. Do, does Kyogo have 60 minutes in him? Think? I think he does. He played, obviously, what was it, 70-odd minutes against Ross County at the weekend. Mm. What you saw from Celtic when they were chasing that second goal, though, um, was the determination from Giacomacchus to get in front of his defender. And he was very unlucky not to have the ball drop a bit lower and into the back of the net. Obviously, it comes off uh, the post of the bar and Jota's there to tap it in. But just getting in front of his man shows the difference in Giacomacchus from the start of this season. He was someone who was maybe second touch with a tackle um, or he just wasn't very comfortable. Now 
He is the guy that wants to lead that line. He wants to be the focal point of the attack. And whether it's coming off the bench or, or starting the game, he's determined to be there and he's determined to get in front of his man and try and score as many goals as possible. That, for me, is why I would go with him over Kyogo. As I've said, Kyogo, obviously, a very intelligent footballer. He's probably going to get in behind, but you've also got Maeda doing that as well. And I just think having that balance of having Giacomakis and Maeda would tie it in better. Perhaps if it was Abada and Jota on the wings, mm. then Kyogo might be the guy to go through the middle. I'm going to agree with the other two selections that you made, Maeda and uh, Jota to start we're going to have a strong bench Colin and I want a prediction from you mate we'll win um, uh, I made a prediction last time and it, it didn't go well so uh, I'm going to stick where we win and I think if we get an early goal it could be quite a comfortable afternoon I like that that's nice and positive uh, Treble Rebel Forrest can still be a squad player I agree with you Treble Rebel and here's another one uh, AJSC Tech beaten often deliberately makes lightning ultra quick decisions over big decisions which affords him the alibi of plausible deniability so he can say well he is too rash rather than too compromised interesting point I think one of the things you've got to look at as well is uh, as much as Beaton's uh, I've almost confu- conf- uh, muddled him and uh, Beaton together Beaton as in the referee his performances have been extremely poor. It's, it's just the standard of the refereeing across the league. There's never been that one referee where you've went, oh, do you know what? Thank God he's refereeing the game today because we're actually going to get a fair crack at the whip. And I don't think it's as much to do with bias as people make it out to be. I just think it's complete incompetence across the rest of the referees in the league. And when we introduce things like VAR later on next season... I don't think it helps us that much because these referees that are absolutely brutal during the game and they make the terrible decisions, they're the same ones that's watching it back on video. No, no, they're still brutal. You're right. Exactly. Um, I agree with that. I also agree with the fact that Celtic are going to win at the weekend. Uh, I will be here. And yeah, McGrory, give us more likes, as he says. Please get into um, the YouTube and give us a like, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel hit your notifications bell, do all of these things. Um, continue to support us like you have done now for five years and we appreciate every single one of you getting involved. Um, thank you everybody for getting involved in the chat tonight and all that's left for me to say is uh, enjoy your weekend and thank you to Colin Watt for joining me once again on Friday's edition of A Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.